This is Jay Allen Smith, and you're listening to Outdoor Adventures with Jason Sacco. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Kill and Sticks Arrows are for the serious hunter, a company that understands the needs of the outdoorsman and provides five different styles of carbon fiber arrows, ranging from hunting to tournament arrows. If you want premium carbon fiber arrows, go to Killinsticks, K-I-L-L-N-S-T-I-X.com to review their carbon arrows. For listeners of the Outdoor Adventures with Jason show, use promo code OUTDOORS to get 10% off your first order. Kill and Sticks, where the blood trail begins. Welcome to this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Very excited to welcome back a guest that I had on a year ago, Chris Geikema of Compass West Outfitters. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Jason. How have you been? Hey, I've been great. Uh, I wanted to have Chris back on the show. Chris's outfit is located primarily in New Mexico, which has a fantastic draw system for people, but it's a unique system that not a lot of people are used to. There are no preference points. It's just a straight draw. And I wanted to have Chris on to explain it because New Mexico's got such phenomenal hunting opportunities. So, Chris, I welcome you back, and I welcome the opportunity to hear from you and and get all this explanation on this New Mexico draw and how people can take advantage of it by contacting you. Yeah, no, no problem, Jason. I appreciate it too. You know, and and it is a complicated process. It's easy but complicated, and trying to understand it. So. You know, as always, if I spend all day talking to people on the phone and kind of walking them through how the process works, I'm happy to do that at any time. But, I mean, you are right. New Mexico has a very unique system, and we are one of the only pure lotteries in the West where, for a given species, let's take elk, for example, the deadline to apply is March 21st. You have to apply prior to then. And when you apply in New Mexico, you get three choices. You can mix it up between archery, rifle, muzzleloader, whatever you want to do, straight rifle, straight muzzleloader, it doesn't matter. You can mix it up, and when you apply in the lottery, the state is going to, when they pull names out of the hat, when they pull your name, all three choices are going to be looked at before they go to the next person that's drawn. So each of your three choices holds an equally important value in your decision as to what you're applying for. And then New Mexico also offers a lot like Nevada. It offers a very special opportunity where 10% of all the licenses for the hunts are set aside strictly for clients that are going to choose to hunt with an outfitter. So if a given person knows in advance that going on a guided hunt and maximizing their opportunity on a premium tag is something they're after, that's where they can come directly to the outfitter, get into a contract with the outfitter which is required by law in the state of new mexico with a disclosure contract once that's taken care of then you know you can go ahead and get yourself into the draw now as a service we do i do all the applications for our hunters unless they specifically enjoy that part of the game sitting there and daydreaming and and you know kind of like you did last year jason you know you, you you're looking at applying with us you're doing a little daydreaming, picking the haunts, looking at dates, and getting yourself organized. 
Right. And it was interesting. As many folks know, not only on top of it did I use an outfitter, but I'm also through the state of New Mexico considered mobility impaired, which gave me even better odds for the antelope tag I drew. But had I not been under the mobility impaired and not used an outfitter, I'd have opened up that map in New Mexico and really been lost as to what unit to apply to and resorted to internet feedback, which could have been good or bad. You just don't know. Uh, so it was it was very valuable to have you explaining to me what units were what and what my odds were, our potential odds were. So I, that was that was well worth it all day long. Well, I mean, I, I'm here to try to maximize your opportunity. You know, I mean, I, I need guys like you that want to apply for these special hunts in New Mexico that are kind of daydream. You know, they're kind of dreamers. I mean, the reality is the draw odds in New Mexico are tough. New Mexico manages their animals for quality of experience and quality of age class as a rule way more so than other states do. And as a result, you have limited opportunity, but with limited opportunity comes an exceptional experience. I mean, you know, I tell people all the time when they're considering New Mexico as a hunt, I'm like, look, put in the draw. If you can draw the tag, your expectations will be exceeded at every corner. The hunts are so good. Well, I agree. And, and just to use it as an example, we'll use you and, and myself's draw experience. You're a resident in New Mexico, correct? Correct. How many times have you put in for the antelope hunt? How's <laughs> it going to rub it in a little bit, are you? <laughs> I've applied for antelope. I've applied for every species in New Mexico since 1997. Now, I swing for the fences, Jason. There are units as a resident or even units that a non-resident could apply for and draw on a slightly more consistent basis or at least reasonable draw odds. But I apply strictly for trophy potential. You know, I choose my units solely based on the potential for, you know, I hate to say Boone and Crockett, but, you know, as large an animal as possible. And those are the hunts that I specifically apply for. I'm not looking for an opportunity hunt. If I want an opportunity hunt, I can buy over-the-counter tags in Colorado for, you know, elk, or I can buy vouchers for mule deer in Colorado, or I can look at buying landowner tags in New Mexico and bypass the draw. Right. And what I was really trying to show was that, you know, you're putting in there whether that person is wanting that premium trophy, that once in a lifetime opportunity, or just an opportunity to hunt the antelope. I put into my first year based upon your recommendations and I got drawn. So they don't have to worry about, well, I've got to put into New Mexico for 15 years to get enough preference points built up. No, somebody can call you and you can walk them through it and say, here's kind of what you're looking at. And you may get drawn, you may not, but it depends, you know, have that conversation about what are you looking for, the opportunity to hunt or the opportunity to take an exceptional trophy? Right. And, and we work on that. You know, we keep files and every year prior to the draw, I contact every single person that applies to us and talk to them personally and kind of walk through what their choices have been, what modifications to their applications I might recommend you know, based on past year's productivity or lack thereof or moisture contents or various other things. So it's a very personal thing, 
and a very important thing to me to be able to help these guys manage their application processes to get them in for what they're looking for. And, and you're exactly right. You know, I have a lot of clients that on their applications, it says trophy potential only. And that tells me exactly what units to be applying for. Now, I also have some people that are going to swing for the fences on first choice, maybe go for apply for a very difficult, high premium quality elk hunt for your first choice but then play the odds a little on your second and third choice. I personally am a firm believer in New Mexico when it comes to elk and mule deer in really only applying for the best areas with the best trophy potential, you know, because that's, that's my desire. I want guys, I want you sitting at the table with me eating dinner, knowing that everything I told you leading up to this point is becoming reality because you're seeing that, you know, your opportunity rates are exceptionally high, the trophy potential is there, and everything else. I try to stay away on elk. I try to stay a little bit away from what I would consider to be an opportunity hunt, although they are available in New Mexico. I just try to stay with, you know, the best bull potential, you know, where guys are hunting in units where you're looking at 290 to 340 plus bulls. Which is, if you've got somebody coming in from out of state or in state, either one, they're coming in with the perception of what an elk looks like. And I can imagine you want to be able to to try and fill that the best and get them the nicest bull that you're capable of finding for them. Well, the reality often with clients is, is, you know, a lot of guys come into camp and they're like, well, you know, I want to shoot like 350 or 320 plus, or, you know, I try to curve those at the application period and set realistic goals with guys. Because like I said before, I'd rather exceed rather than not meet your expectations. I tell guys all the time, I'm like, where are you from? Oh, you're from Ohio. Okay, great. So you're from Ohio. You want to come out here and shoot a 350 bull with me. Great. Well, I'd like to come hunt your lease in Ohio. I just want to shoot a 185 whitetail. I use the whitetail analogies with my elk hunters more than anything. And I found it to be a great tool for me to explain the realistic goals. You know, like when I tell a guy, hey, like a 290 to 300 inch bull that's kind of like me coming and going hunting in Iowa or Indiana or Ohio, someplace where there's big bucks and shooting a 150, 160 whitetail. It's an exceptional animal. And the reality is with most guys that draw these tags in New Mexico, if they've been on any other hunts where they've either not succeeded or they've killed a raghorn someplace, you know, I kind of joke with these guys, make sure you give your guides the bullets so the guide can hold the bullets until it's time to shoot. Cause <laughs> Most guys, that first six point, they're ready to, you know, they're ready to start shooting. They got that gun up and they're ready to go to town. They are. I mean, they, you know, it doesn't take very many experiences where you don't get what you're after to have that desire to get what you're after be so high that you kind of put the blinders on. Now, I'll tell you first and foremost, the number one question I ask guys when they're looking at an animal is like, are you going to mount that animal and put it on the wall in your house and be proud of it? I don't need a guy killing a 290 bull just to shoot a 290 bull. If it's going to make him happy, it's what he's dreamed of, and it's what he's after, I'm not there to make that decision for him. Because I tell people the same, I tell them all the time too, never turn down the first day if it would make you happy the last. Now, if it's a small bull and definitely subpar for what they should be taking on that hunt, I'm going to tell the guy, be like, look, that's on the very low end of what we should be shooting in this unit. If it would make you happy and you'd mount it and put it on your wall proudly, shoot it. It's right here, right now. But if it's not necessarily what you're looking for, 
then let's let it walk, take a risk, and let's find a bigger bull. Because you, you, you don't kill a bigger bull when there's a dead bull on the ground. No, you're done. So right. now somebody's meandering through Google and they happen to find Compass West Outfitters and give you a call and they want to book either a, a New Mexico elk or a New Mexico mule deer. What's kind of some of the steps you put them through and the conversation and tell them what they can expect when they come out there for lodging? You know, what what are some of the expectations that they can hope to have from that hunt with you guys? Well, typically what I'll do for a hunter looking for elk or mule deer is I'm going to kind of talk with them about realistic expectations, what they want, what their past experiences have been, what their physical levels are, what their shooting abilities are. And then I'm going to go through from there and kind of narrow down some hunt choices. So, you know, I'm going to take your average hunter that's looking to start playing the game in New Mexico. I'm going to email them a, a hunt contract once they have that then I'm going to tell them, hey, once you've received this, give me a call and we'll go through the hunt choices a little bit again. Because the initial conversation, most of my initial conversations with clients are at least 45 minutes to an hour because there's a lot to explain and talk about. Once they've got the contract, we'll kind of rehash everything, answer the additional questions they've come up with, put together a realistic plan for either trophy expectations or realistic draw odds and try to get the client to put in for those three elk hunts. Now, most of my elk hunts in New Mexico, with a, with a few exceptions, are based out of drive-in tent camps. There's hot water showers, there's a full-time cook, there's 10 by 12 tents with big giant cots in them. I'm a real tall guy, broad shoulders. So I always tell people the first hunt I ever went on and spent money on, I spent 10 days on Kodiak Island in a Korean War surplus torture device. <laughs> and I actually ended up taking my thermorest after the cook was done cleaning up every night. I'd go in and clear off one of the tables in the dining room and lay out my thermorest and sleep there until the cook came in. And then the cook would kick me out and then I'd go back and sleep or try to sleep or just lay around on the cot or help the cook. But you know, so I've got big, comfortable cots. I've got, you know, very nice camps. It's a drive-in camp. So there's really nothing that you're going to come into that camp and need that's probably not there from a tool to a battery. It's all there. So they're very nice camps. And then you hunt out of there on vehicle, on foot. Some of my camps are in locations where you can hunt out of on foot. Occasionally, some of the guides go and set up what I would call a spike camp where let's say there's an area that's fairly remote. They'll talk to the client, make sure, first of all, the guy's interested in doing it. And then what we do there is I have six-man dome tents that we put up, and then there's a little cook stove and dehydrated food and water and everything else that the guides bring with them to the spike camp. And then you go stay there. And that might just be a situation where rather than driving 45 minutes or an hour in the morning to get to your hunting spot, the guide might just say, hey, look, man, I'm on some really nice bulls over here. If you're cool with it, we'll go stay in a rougher camp. You know, we'll hunt there for two days and then come back here, get a shower, cleaned up, do whatever we need to do, and then go back. Yeah, if it's an opportunity for bigger bulls or, you know, just a unique experience, why not? For us in New Mexico, it's all about the end game results. It's all about trying to get everyone tagged out. You know, we tell people when they come into camp, no one's done till everyone's done in our camps. You know, when guys come in, if, if let's say I get lucky and tag out with you the first day, you know, now I'm the extra guy. If there's a two-on-one in camp or something like that, I'm going to be looking to get one of the two-on-one guys and go try to get it done with him too. Or 
I might be working for the other guides and just out trying to find stuff. So I might go out in the morning scouting, looking for more bulls, try to put some bulls to bed and come back to camp. You know, a, a great example of this is two years, three years ago now, I guess. I was tagged out with my guy. The other guys were all on one and ones. So what I decided to do was go out that morning, just find bulls. Now I glassed up a tremendous animal, just got lucky, caught him on a hillside. He went down in a little cut and bedded. I went back to camp and sat there on pins and needles all day, just hoping anyone would come in middle of the day to get a shower, a sandwich, anything. And just pure luck, a couple guys came in late. They'd been chasing bulls all morning and decided to take a quick break, run back and get showered up because they were after bulls really hard in the morning, were hot and sweaty, and they came back to get a shower. And I said, well, get a shower real quick. And then I got a bull bedded. And that night we went in and killed that bull. You know, that's a that's a that's where that teamwork factor in working together as a group on these hunts that are such good quality in New Mexico is just such a neat, important part of the, the whole camp experience. And another thing for anybody that's listening to the show right now that may be in a similar situation to me, which is mobility impaired, could you explain a little bit about that? Because New Mexico does something really unique, and I don't think many people that are, are handicapped that think I can never go elk hunting besides, say, on private land. Tell them something that New Mexico does that uh, is really different. Well, New Mexico has a couple of different options for mobility impaired hunters. The first one is, you know, obviously the antelope like you drew. It's a unique draw system with very high draw results. And then there's actually mobility impaired trophy rifle elk hunts that are in the rut. So they actually have, I think there's four units in the state that have a special season that is only available to guys with mo or gals with mobility impaired issues that become licensed through the state which is as easy as a doctor's note signature, send it back, you're issued an authorization number on your customer identification account. And then myself, the outfitter, I can apply you for these special hunts. And your draw odds are actually two to three times better when applying for these mobility hunt impaired hunts than they are for applying for the general hunts in these same units. And they're in the rut. Yeah, they're in the rut. So 16A and 16D in the Gila, two of the best units in the state, as well as unit 34. So really three of the probably top five hunts in the entire state have special seasons in the rut just for a very limited number of people that are mobility impaired. And it's an incredible experience. You come and stay in the camps or we also make accommodations available for guys that are wheelchair bound where you stay in a facility that's, that's better suited than, you know, being out in a tent camp. And then the guides pick you up on a daily basis and take you out and hunt. And see, this is what I think is amazing is New Mexico could have easily chose three, four very subpar units and put people in there that were, you know, maybe it's easier to navigate the terrain and, and put people in there that were mobility impaired and said, uh, they're done with it. But no, they gave some of the best units at the most prime times for people that are mobility impaired. To me, that's amazing. Oh, no, for sure, man. It's, it's, it's a super, super neat deal that they've done. You know, there's a few mule deer hunts as well. And then there's, you know, the antelope. So, you know, New Mexico does really good. They do the same thing with youth. So it's probably one of the best proactive get youth hunting programs there is in any of the Western states. You know, as soon as your child is able to pass a hunter's education class, they're legal in New Mexico to apply for hunts. And not only is there special unbelievable rut seasons for elk, 
but there's also special mule deer hunts, antelope hunts. There's a special Bezor Ibex down in southern New Mexico, which is one of our exotics. There's youth-only Oryx hunts, which is another one of the free-range exotics in New Mexico. But the most amazing thing of all is New Mexico also has two sheep tags that are just set aside for hunters under 18. Which is incredible. It really is. You know, I mean, it's, you know, my son, he's 13 now. He drew his first tags when he was eight. You know, he's had the opportunity to draw a couple antelope tags, a really good elk tag. This year he drew an Ibex tag, which is unbelievable. You know, and it's, it's great to see him at this age really involved. And then New Mexico also has what are called youth encouragement licenses. And what those are is those are available licenses. If you apply, and this is primarily as a resident because they're cow tags, but if you apply in New Mexico as a resident, as a youth and are unsuccessful in drawing anything at all, you can apply for these special youth encouragement licenses later in the season for cow tags, which are pretty easy to get. You know, I, I just sat through a game and fish banquet the other day and we had a guest speaker there that was talking about how the fact that New Mexico is actually one of the few states in the country with an increasing number of hunters every year rather than a decreasing. And, you know, that's, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that New Mexico is getting these kids involved, offering great opportunities for handicapped hunters. We have a great returning Iraq Afghanistan veteran hunts available. And it's just New Mexico has been really good at, at, at promoting a super quality experience for hunters. Yeah. What an amazing opportunity for the young hunters. And I like that if they don't get anything, they can possibly get a cow elk just so they at least get the experience to get out there. I mean, that's what it's all about. We love these youth hunts, you know, and I mean, I see both sides of it. You know, I know there's people that don't think it's right that these kids are out there during the rut and shooting these big bulls and everything else. But I mean, I, you know, I I don't think my son, you know, at eight years old, he shot a bull that was 300. We almost shot a way bigger one the first day and it just didn't work out because he was just young. And, you know, to be honest, it just, had he been a little older, I'm sure we'd have gotten the bull. It just didn't come together because of his age and lack of experience but you know we ended up with a tremendous animal that's a great memory on the wall for him and you know i think having had that opportunity to go kill that bull look at that bull in our house rather than just looking back on the memory of a cow i think that's an important part of his hunting past you know that he's going to remember for a long time oh yes of course and as you said a 300 bull that's what a 140 150 whitetail not bad for a young right kid. i mean it's no, no, it was a it was a, a heck of a deal. Heck so, of a deal. Yeah, so now outside of that, so somebody contacts you, they put in for elk or mule deer and the drawing takes place and they for whatever reason they're not drawn. Are they out of it yet or can you get them onto some private ranches if they're willing to uh pay a little bit more? Yeah, you know, the way it works in New Mexico, you know, the draw deadlines in March you can apply for, you know, all the different species in the state. If you are unsuccessful in drawing a tag at that point, then yes, then we're looking at plan B. New Mexico has a unique opportunity to buy what are called landowner vouchers. And what they are is they're licenses that are issued to specific ranches to compensate for fence damage and grass eaten on private ground and, you know, whatever other sort of things for elk on their property. And these are a 
you know, a market driven price, but you are correct. If you are unsuccessful and drawn an, an elk or mule deer license and you choose to want to go hunt in New Mexico, you can go buy landowner vouchers. It, it, it increases the price of your hunt quite a bit, you know, premium, premium areas. And, and that's part of the other thing with the draw that's so special is, you know, let's just use let's use like unit 34, which is one of my main areas. If you and a buddy were to say, put in for a two-on-one hunt and draw the tag, it's a $4,250 hunt, you know, for a five-day rifle hunt, lodging meals, guides included, it's $4,250. If you guys are unsuccessful in the draw and choose to buy landowner tags because they are a market-driven product, you know, the, the price is driven by the market. The market is high for all those tags in New Mexico. That same $4,200 hunt on the same ground. Now you're looking at that hunt having being probably more in the $11,500 range. You know, the landowner vouchers are very expensive. So if you want into New Mexico bad enough, it, there's an, uh, there's a way, but you're always going to try to do that draw first because that'll keep it at a much more reasonable, reasonable cost for you. Right. I tell guys all the time when I'm at sports shows or just on the phone, I'm like, look, there's two ways to get a tag apply or use your checkbook. And for, you know, for your average guy that's saving money to go on a dream hunt, you know, you're crazy not to try in New Mexico because you have elk and mule deer and antelope, all of which are, you know, super good quality. New Mexico also has bighorn sheep and in a pure lottery system, you know, we are your best chance to maybe someday get a tag for sheep because there's no preference point. So it's not like you're waiting for all the guys that have been applying for the last 20 years to get tags before you get your chance. And then we also have, you know, fairly decent draw odds on exotic species like Barbary sheep or Audad. They free range through most of the Southern part of the state. We have uh, basal Ibex in the Southern Florida mountains on the Mexican border. And then we also have Gimsbuck or Oryx, which were released on White Sands Missile Range and exist in free-range huntable numbers. I mean, New Mexico really is an incredible oasis for hunters of multiple species, crazy cool exotics, and, you know, a pure lottery system where you're not having to wait. You know, as an example, you were saying earlier about Colorado with myself, we do also guide in Colorado. The compartment area that I guide in there, we are the only outfitter that's permitted within the drainages. But the big difference up there is the areas around me, my area is over the counter, which means you just go to the store and buy a license and come out and hunt. But there's areas, there's an area right next door to mine that this year is going to take 24 preference points to draw the rifle elk tag. So that's 24 years you got to wait before you're even eligible. Wow. That's where when people don't understand the draw system in New Mexico being a pure lottery and how special that is, that's my example always is a premium hunt in Colorado in one of the best areas like Unit 2 or 201 or 851 or 76, you're looking at 20 plus preference points and in many cases, 24 plus years before you even can dream about having that tag. You know, we just sent out an emailer a uh, reminder about the draw and there's two guys on there and it says these guys harvested bulls with us in 2017. You know, those are two guys from New Jersey that called. They had a neighbor that had hunted with us on the mobility impaired hunt in unit 34 the year prior. They called us, applied, said, hey, look, we don't really have the money to go, but we want to go try. So can you 
apply us in the draw, but only put us in for the very best hunt. And they drew their first time. And I mean, this is an incredible example, but you know, the, the one guy killed a 395 public land bull and his buddy killed a 367. Wow. <laughs> you know, first year they applied first time, you know, just come out and have that kind of an experience. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's the neat thing about New Mexico. And what I've really discovered is, you know, growing up back east in Michigan, at least to me, the first thing that always came to my mind when you thought about elk hunting was Colorado. You got to go to Colorado. And I never really thought about New Mexico until years later when I lived in Arizona and realized what an amazing place both Arizona and New Mexico are for elk hunting and the how much better the draw odds are to get drawn in New Mexico over, say, Arizona, where you're going to be building up preference points for years before you even get the opportunity. I can I can put in in New Mexico, and I've got just as good odds as the guy that's been putting in for 30 years. Right. That's exactly right. I mean, that's the big thing. And, and, you know, you're right. I mean, I go do a big sports show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania every year, mainly because I've got so many clients from that country. It's kind of a nice way to go back and say hi and yap with everybody. But it's interesting for me to sit at that show and see how many people come to my booth and just don't understand how good the hunting is in New Mexico. I realize that, you know, these hunts and these draws, they're tough. I mean, you know, you're looking at, for premium hunts in New Mexico, you're looking at anywhere from, you know, between 4 and 11% for draw odds for a good archery hunt in New Mexico. And those are horrible sounding numbers, but it's not like there's thousands and thousands of people trying for those limited spaces. There's a, you know, there's a hundred or so hunters that are trying to get in there on a limited number of tags. You know, as guys look at this and try, eventually... Someone's got to draw those tags. Might as well be you. If you don't put in, your odds are zero. Exactly. You know, I, that's the first question I ask guys when they start talking to me about draw odds. You know, they're like, well, what are the draw odds? And the first thing I say is, where are your draw odds right now? If your draw odds are zero right now, let's make them better and at least try. It's $13 a year. You know, so when you get us the contract and we put it together, we agree to the to the hunt units and everything else. My wife and I work out of the house and we'll do all the application for you. We'll go into the game and fish. We'll either find your old account that you used when you applied in the past or hunted here before, or we'll build you a new customer account with the state. You'll get an email confirmation of your account being set up. We will then apply you into the hunt. Now, the way it works in New Mexico is for, let's just take elk, for example, the elk license fee, a small game license fee, and a $13 application fee are all going to be charged on your card up front. So you're going to be paying, you know, upwards of $700 plus for an elk tag, a small game license, and an application fee. Now, it, and that's for every species, you pay up front for the whole license fee. Now, in New Mexico, the draw deadline is March 21st. Last year, they got it out almost 10 days early. I think they're going to do the same this year. So probably in mid-April, you'll know if you drew or not. And if you were unsuccessful in drawing the tags, the state will then refund everything except for the $13 application fee. So for the hunt of a lifetime, it's 13 bucks a year to try. Yeah, you got a few dollars that are held up for a little bit while you're waiting, but you certainly don't lose anything but the 13 bucks if you're unsuccessful. Right. And and I mean, they've gotten it down. 
what we do is we, you know, we have a credit card space on file where we can use your credit card number to do the application for you. We wait until after the first of March and you almost barely pay anything in interest or anything else. You know, there's 30 days where that money's on your card and then it's right back off. You can't beat that. And same thing that happened with the antelope. It was in and none and, and applied to my hunt and it was very simple. So on top of elk, uh, the mule deer, and we touched a little bit about sheep and antelope. You can also do all the same services with the sheep and the antelope or even any of the exotics uh, that New Mexico has running around. You guys can help with all the paperwork related to all those items as well. Yeah, we're permitted statewide for all species. So what that means is I've got pretty much all the federal land use permits, state land permits that are necessary to guide for almost every species and every unit. The elk, there's a, a wider variety of available choices. Mule deer, there's a lot of opportunity to hunt in New Mexico for mule deer, but really, you know, up in the northern part of the state in 2B and 2C, those are really the, the, the main ones you want to apply for. You know, the antelope hunt are kind of spread out and you're choices of applications are going to be based on what you're looking for. The exotics are just an incredible experience in New Mexico if you can draw the tags. Ibex and Oryx tags are both very hard to draw, but the success rates for firearm hunts are extremely high. And, you know, it's it's truly a once, I mean, unless you're going to go to Africa and kill a Gims buck or, you know, go to Turkey and hunt basil or Ibex, you know, it's it's really a unique experience and an incredible opportunity that we have here. Yeah, to think that they're both free range. Uh, what about what if somebody wanted to come to New Mexico for a bear or a turkey? I think we're past the draw time for those. But do you do anything with those? Well, the the spring bear applications are due in February, and there's only one hunt on the Via Vidal up north for the spring bear. The rest, our lion tags, bear tags, are both over the counter with quotas. So what you want to do there is. Let's say you're going to come out and hunt elk. You draw an elk tag. What else can I do? Well, without applying for specific tags, there's really not much you can do except for bear and lion. So you could buy a bear tag in New Mexico and have it available if you were to have the opportunity while you were elk hunting to run into a bear. Now, New Mexico runs on a quota system. So what that means is once the quota of bear are taken from a specific area, the season closes. So I try to discourage guys from being opportunity hunters where they purchase the bear tag in conjunction with their elk because you have to buy it three days before the hunt begins. And then the quota could be filled while you're there hunting. You have to check every single day to make sure the quota is still available. And if you get a bear, it's going to eat up some of your elk hunt as well because you have to go get the skull tagged and a tooth pulled. Oh, yeah. So you're better off to just, if you're coming from anywhere, spend the time doing your elk hunt or mule deer or whatever. I tell guys, yeah, I tell guys all the time, New Mexico combination hunts, and this is my kind of personal feeling in general, you know, combination hunts lead more often than not to some level of disappointment. You know, it's my nature to be competitive with myself. So if I have an elk tag and I get a deer tag, now let's say I kill an elk, but I don't get my deer. I hate seeing that disappointment in a guy's face when he leaves and doesn't have a deer. He had a great hunt, killed a nice bull, but he didn't get his mule deer. You know, so now the attitude of that hunt has changed. I discourage 
combination hunts, even in Colorado where it's a lot easier to do. New Mexico has almost no combination hunts because the areas that we elk hunt, your mule deer tags are almost 100% draw for archery. So I don't want a guy to apply for mule deer hunts in an area where he's got a 5 or 10% chance of drawing an elk tag because he's getting that mule deer tag and he's going to eat that license fee. And I'd rather clients come and concentrate on going for the target species they're after and maximizing their experience and opportunity by trophy hunting a great bull and not trying to like start fracturing their hunt into chasing mule deer, bears or lions or whatever else. Yeah. Being all over the place. Right. It's just New Mexico. I think thankfully they really don't have that opportunity much like the rifle hunts do not run in conjunction with each other. So you almost can't do elk mule deer combinations or antelope mule deer combinations in New Mexico. Well, that's good. It gives the game some rest too. They're yeah, for being, sure. They're not being pinged at by any time they try to move around. Right. Well, and, and, and New Mexico's looking to give hunters the very best experience possible. So, you know, a great example is I guide just outside of Durango in an area, uh, a different area of Colorado, but I guide just outside of Durango near Mancus. Now, we have incredible mule deer hunting in there. Incredible. But the problem with my mule deer hunting there is the best mule deer hunting is in conjunction with over-the-counter elk hunts. So automatically, my mule deer hunts are compromised because I've got all the over-the-counter guys in the woods hunting elk. Now, they don't care about the mule deer. They're up there looking for elk, but it doesn't mean they're not wandering around the woods, you know, rousting up everything. Whereas if I had an exclusive mule deer hunting week prior to the over-the-counter elk hunting weeks in those units, I know I could go in there and offer an exceptional hunting experience for mule deer. But it's just not possible because you have these combination hunts. And I realize it and I get it. You know, guys coming from Pennsylvania out to Colorado or New Mexico for a hunt, they want to maximize their opportunity. If they see a mule deer, wouldn't it be great to shoot it? Yeah, sure, I can understand that. But I really think ultimately it kind of takes away from the overall experience for everybody if you've got that sort of a situation. Yeah, it, it makes sense. And Chris, so if anybody wants to get in touch with you, they can call you directly from your website at 505-801-7500, and they're going to get you or your wife, Karen, correct? Yeah, that's our office line. They can do that, and then you know, with social media and everything else, I really try hard to keep up on that. It's a lot easier. I, you know, I try to keep the trophy room updated once or twice a year on the website. But really, I tell guys all the time, like, go to my Instagram, go to my Facebook, go back to September, go back to September 2017, 16, 15, 14. Look at what we were doing during those archery hunts or look at what we were doing in mid-October during the rifle and muzzleloader seasons. That's really the best way to kind of keep real hard eye on what we're doing and what we're producing from a year-to-year basis. You know, the, the, you can get in and anonymous. You know, you can follow on Instagram uh, at hashtag Compass West Outfitters and our Facebook page. You can search Compass West Outfitters as well, and it's it's an open page. It's not locked down at all. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through your Facebook page right now, and you just did a contact out to everybody, and there was. In that, uh, there was four guys holding their respective trophies. Man, there isn't a one of those that I wouldn't be ear-to-ear smile taking home. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's that's part of that whole deal in New Mexico, man. I mean, it's when you get in the right situation with the right tags, and those are those are all. I mean, one of those bulls is exceptional, but the other three are completely realistic expectations of what you could take on any given day in the units that we're hunting. They're all all four of them. Like I said, I think I can pick out which one you consider the exceptional one, but to me, they're all exceptional. They're all fantastic. Trophies. Oh yeah. So well, and we get jaded too, Jason. I mean, we get to look at a tremendous number of quality animals here in New Mexico, and you know we're blessed with the opportunities that we have here. The quality of the hunting, the quality of the experience, the the lack of people in the woods. You know, you put all that together, it's just it's the perfect scenario for the hunt of a lifetime. Oh, most definitely. So we're looking at the drawing deadlines coming up. Uh, we've got that March 21st. It's a hard date. There is no extensions beyond it. The person can contact you and talk with you about the elk, the mule deer, or just about any of the other species available. And you'll get them in there. It, it could cost them a few dollars for license fees and the $13 draw fee. But if they put in for five animals and they're only successful on one draw, they get everything basically back. So it's really a, a great system that they've got out there. Right. I mean, as long as clients get in touch with us really before like the 10th of March, we'll do all the work for them. After the 10th of March, we'll still do it. It's just, I'm not going to guarantee you that I'm going to get you in for the hunt because at a certain point now, New Mexico's not had any issues the last couple of years, but everyone procrastinates because you're getting your license fees taken up front. So a lot of people wait until the last week before the draw deadline and then start trying to do it. Provided guys get in touch with us at any time before the 10th and sign up with the outfitter required contracts, we'll do all the work for you. You don't have to lift a finger. You just fill out the contracts. We agree to hunts and you know, your hunt of a lifetime starts with an application. And what happens if I don't have a, a buddy that wants to come out there and, and hunt with me? There's a little bit of a fee increase because I'd be a one-on-one, -on -one, correct? Yeah, I mean, your general hunts are all going to be like forty-two fifty for two-on-one, and then one-on-one -on -one hunts are base priced at fifty-two fifty. Now, there's a little fluctuation on those fees on different hunts, but you know that's pretty much true for elk across the board. Mule deer, there's a lot more fluctuation in the price just because the tags that we specialize in are very difficult to get, and I give people the option of sometimes hotel basing their hunt or choosing to stay in a camper with a guide or in a camp. There's a lot more options and a lot more, you know, variances in the services. You know, sheep hunts are obviously quite a bit more expensive, but again, we work with people. So long as my mules and horses aren't involved in the hunts, they're pretty reasonable at around 8,500 plus for 10 day hunts. Wow. That isn't bad. That's not bad at all. No, I mean, most of your sheep hunts are going to be two days. But we set it up for 10 because that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for most people. Most people will never draw a sheep tag, and when you draw one, we take it extremely seriously, and we want to maximize every possible situation. Same with the Ibex. You know, we want you to have every possible second in the field that you can afford and that you can schedule and maximize that opportunity. With the Ibex or the sheep, can those be done archery or are they rifle only? Uh, we'll work with guys on archery for sheep. It just depends. Some of the units are better suited. Again, if we know up front that you're a bow hunter looking specifically for bow, 
New Mexico no longer has any archery specific sheep hunts. They're any legal weapon. So I always tell people that they, they're welcome to carry their bow. And then if they're interested, a hundred dollar bill on the sling of a rifle makes pretty good padding for the guy to lug your rifle around <laughs> all day. And, but the reality is if a guy is either a devout bow hunter looking to come and kill with a bow or he's not, you know, if you're going to let the stress kind of get you and you're willing to shoot one with a rifle, I'm sorry to say, but I would just plan on shooting it with a rifle. Cause what's going to happen is you're going to find the sheep you want. You're going to be a hundred yards from them and it's going to be like, Hey, give me the rifle. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have lugged a bow for no reason. Exactly. You know, and, and, you know, I just recently talked with a guy that I'm an adult sheep hunt with in 2020 about that same. And that was his whole thing was, you know, are you willing to shoot one with a rifle? And if your answer is yes, then shoot one with a rifle. Yeah. Just take your rifle and be done with it. Yeah. Don't compromise your experience because I, I'm an unsuccessful doll sheep hunter. I've been on a doll sheep hunt and I didn't get a sheep. So, you know, I hate to say I'm mad at doll sheep, but I'm kind of mad at doll sheep. So when I go back, knowing what I'm getting myself into better this time, I'm really not looking to have anything get in the way of my opportunity. So, you know, would I like to shoot it with my bow? Yeah. But maybe after I get one the first time, I'll do it with my bow. There you go. Ibex does have a specific archery hunt. It's a fabulous hunt. It's low success rates, high opportunity, but it is a very difficult hunt. But it's a it's a fun opportunity with realistic draws. You know, the draws for the basal or ibex hunts in New Mexico for rifle or muzzleloader hunts are actually below one percent. Oh, I didn't realize they were that low. Yeah, they're tough, man. They're really tough. So you're you're not. You know, you, you're a dreamer when you apply for that hunt. But again, Jason, you know, somebody's going to draw those tags. Now, the, the guided pool for archery hunts, the draw odds are actually as high as 30%, which is pretty phenomenal for those hunts. Yeah, that's if you're going from the general pool of less than 1% up to around 25 to 30%, that's a huge increase. Yeah, for our, but it is archery, you know, so it's, you know, it's going to be a little lower success. But, you know, the guys love that hunt. It's, you know, the... The best one I think is in January. It's at a great time of year. The guides are all excited to go do it. And, you know, it's just a fun time on the mountain. Yeah, it's, it's a neat looking hunt. It's it's one that I unfortunately will not be able to do, but I always like to see the pictures that come back from it. Yeah, it is a very physical hunt. You know, some of our desert, there's a few desert hunts that you could actually probably do with your limited mobility. There's a couple of them that you could do because you can definitely get, you know, within rifle range with a vehicle or, you know, a, or a Polaris or something. But the Ibex is definitely one that, you know, you're you're definitely not squeaking under the radar on that <laughs> one with any sort of physical impairment. No, that's uh that one I'm I've kind of chalked that one off to being off the table and I won't I won't decrease anybody's odds by applying for that one. Yeah, no, that's I mean, you you know, you have to be capable of, of walking a fair amount on that. Well, Chris, I appreciate you going over all this again because i think it's so important for anybody that's in either even in new mexico or out of new mexico to understand how good the opportunity is for this and how good you can increase your odds by using an outfitter like yourself and using a quality outfitter that you and and your staff are going to do the work you guys are going to get the application in on time and you know as long as you have it in a reasonable amount of time you're going to make sure to talk about the correct units, what that hunter is looking for. Is it just 
a hunt or is it that that once in a lifetime style bull that they could have an opportunity at so it's i think just using an outfit like compass west outfitters and what you do is is invaluable and so i'm going to have your contact information for the listeners in the notes section both the out, the website which is compasswestoutfitters.com your phone number will be there as well as your Facebook page and your Instagram page. So there'll be plenty of ways for folks to get in touch with you. Uh, and I'd like to hope they do that. And I'd like to hope to hear back about how it went. Well, yeah, for sure, Jason. I appreciate it. Anytime I can do anything to help you out, it's always nice to chat. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, an elk hunt and one of these days. I Every time I watch these pictures off of your website, I, I get all worked up saying, man, I want to hunt one of those things. Oh, it's a good way to torture guys for sure. You know, I, I get a lot of guys that come up to us at the shows that are like, all right, we met you last year and we started following you on Instagram and put me in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I really appreciate the time. You have a wonderful day. And again, folks, reach out to Chris. He and his staff will get you all taken care of and put you on an amazing hunt. If you've never been to New Mexico, you are in for an absolute treat and you're, you'll be out there with a, a, group of folks that is top notch so i can't recommend compass west outfitters enough and chris i thank you for your time hey no problem jason thank you you take care my friend all right bye bye come early spring it's getting green fisher on the bed Hear those turkeys gobble It's ringing in my head The winter rides bass boat Here comes another year Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Oh, we command the outdoors Yeah, we Command the outdoors. Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake, flipping jigs in Carolina rigs. From early morning till real late, bonfires on the creek bank, kick back a couple beers. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Next year's does until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands. Fever starts to creep Fill our freezers full of ducks Lots of tender deer Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we Command the outdoors Yeah, we Command the outdoors So grab your guns, shells, boys Put on your camouflage 
Cause we command the outdoors around here We command the outdoors